Hello and welcome to podcast number 10. We've hit double figures and we're coming to you here as September gently falls into October. Um, I'm Nigel as always. Hi, I'm Porth. Hello all. Um, so we survived summer blockbuster season and we're going to be celebrating by looking um, at the big films that are playing the international festivals at the minute and they're going to be coming our way over the coming months and uh, which will be kind of in the Oscar conversation. Um, it may kind of feel like it's not that far away, but they're actually on March the 2nd, 2014. We're going to be Singling up at 1 a.m. with Ellen DeGenerates. She's, you know, she's, oh, yeah, she was uh, picked up in the film that. I know. So, what's that? Five and a half months? But hey, yeah. it's still allowed to get a little bit excited. Um, and I mean, the films that we're going to be talking about in the next, uh, in, 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 the, in the show, are all ones that are, you know, kind of. For Joe in the next month, too. Uh, one, oh, exactly. These are trickling out over the next four months. But uh, we're going to come back to that. We're going to kick things off, uh, as we sometimes do, by looking at a few films that are coming out this weekend. So, um, why not kick things off with a little bit of the Jackman? They didn't cry until I left them. What did you say? Oh Okay, so there we heard um, Hugh Jackman assaulting Paul Dano uh, because he thinks Paul Dano was one of the main suspects in the disappearance of his daughters. So Prisoners is um, it's an old style kind of film because it's very long, it's a thriller, crime drama, whereby Hugh Jackman and uh, Maria Bello play the Dovers and then Viola Davis and Terrace Howard are Mr and Mrs Birch who are friends, kind of the dads go a long way back I think from college it says at one point in the film and uh, they're having Thanksgiving dinner together. They're two, I'd say five or six year old daughters go home and then they disappear. So then Manhunt goes out and it's Jake Gyllenhaal who's put on the scene to find them. Like Zodiac, did he play a policeman in Zodiac? In Zodiac, yeah, and you kind of get that feeling when you're watching it because it is very methodical. You wouldn't say drawn out, like it doesn't feel too long. No, it's two yeah. hours and 33 minutes. That is long. Like it's these very long. And it this is the thing with the winter, you know, the, the nights are drawing in, the films yeah. are getting longer. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't drag though. Yeah. But I'd say the last 40 minutes, you kind of, it falls into predictable territory. There's a point, if you've seen the trailer, I think it makes it really obvious in the film. It's a, it, There's an obvious plot device. So the whole time you're watching it, you're waiting for Jake Gyllenhaal to figure this out. But you already know it. Oh, yeah. So you're trying for him to figure out, and then he figures it out in a really stupid way. Really obvious, and you're kind of like, oh god. And from that moment on, it's just kind of devolves into just paint by numbers detective films. The ending is very stupid and unbelievable. But it's Jake Gyllenhaal who kind of steals the show. He's really... His, even his introduction, like the cinematography was done by Roger Deakins again on this one. So good man, Rog. It's fantastic. It looks really Roger good. Roger Deakins has done cinematography on pretty much everything. Yeah, in the he, last he years. Skyfall, of course, he got his. Yeah, he does about three Oscar films a year. It seems yeah. I was looking on IMDb. Um, so yeah, it looks fantastic. Jake Gyllenhaal's brilliant. Hugh Jackman. I was saying in the review, you can kind of watch it. This is your review, which went online a couple yesterday. of days ago. Yeah. 
no, I went to, well, I went to online just for the weekend. Right? Oh, yeah, sorry. Today is Monday, yeah. remember? Forgot that. How was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's really, he's this all-American hero. He's kind of like a, a good old-fashioned Christian. He works hard. He's kind of teaching his kids to do the right thing. He also has this basement cellar where he's prepared for everything. It's one of these, you know, the world's going to end. and um. He's a bit weird and... The women are just very kind of disappear into the scenery. The the mum just kind of lose the plot and start crying the whole time. And Hugh Jackman has to go and save the day. And mm. there's like a whole issue to do with torture in it because um, that's a spoiler. I won't go into it. But it, it's Interrogation. Kind of, yeah. And it's, it's, if you know that someone can. Yeah. Because what will you do to kind of find the truth? And that's all left very much in the air. So you're kind of like, you're almost kind of wondering, is this commentary on like... Guantanamo Bay or something because like if you get the end result that the torture is okay it's very subtle and in in there but it's kind of there's no it's not against it so again it's kind of this we're like well look it's okay everything works up okay yeah you gave it what three three yeah but it's kind of it's getting pretty solid reviews but it's just very average like it's entertaining and it'll pass the night but you know mm. it's not yeah, it's I, not amazing I haven't got to see it yet but um, it's from the director Dennis was it in Villeneuve yeah is he Jacques? Dad, remember that Formula One guy? Maybe. Oh yeah, he's no. Canadian, French. He's Canadian. Canadian I yeah. Think. Anyway, but uh, yeah, he did On Sunday uh, about three years ago, which that was uh, brilliant. Really brilliant, but hung on a weird twist as well, and you yeah. either bought into it, yeah. or you didn't. Because I didn't um, realize that when I was watching it, and then I went and looked it up, and I was like, ah, kind of, I yeah. can see where you know. So it's yeah. kind of similar type film, very long as well. Yeah, it's weirdly enough, we'll be coming back to it, but it's one of these films that's gotten a little bit of Oscar buzz. I imagine it'll kind of peter out over the next little while. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd like Jake Gyllenhaal to get best support. Maybe yeah. best. He is yeah. fantastic. On Sunday, he got a foreign language thing nomination. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, anyway. So yeah, so very that's good. Out nationwide. Cool. Very good. Yeah, I've uh, reviews of two shit films that uh, are out this weekend. And if Nigel thinks it's shit, and if I think it's well, yeah. So one of them I saw um, just recently, and then one I saw a year and a couple of weeks ago. So. Uh, Girl Most Likely, uh, it used to be called Imogene, and uh, it played at TIFF, uh, the Toronto Film Festival, a year ago, and was probably one of the worst films I saw all year. Um, Kirsten Wigg is in it, and she plays a playwright who um, tries to kill herself, and but does it all for, kind of, all for sympathy, and it's so, like, the whole tone through the whole thing is really, 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 really weird, and I just remember thinking, God, I hope this film doesn't do anything, and I thought it had disappeared until about a month ago when I saw that it was getting an Irish and UK release, and I was like, oh, no. And do you think this was before Bridesmaid, and then she got a bit of traction and threw it out? Exactly, that's what's interesting, that they, it was, it was put... I think she was announced as being in it when she was this kind of a Saturday Night Live star. This was like announced about two and a half years ago and then filmed about two years ago. So it's loitered like around in the doldrums for ages. So they've been waiting clearly for uh, lots of people to kind of get a bit bigger. But um, Annette Benning is in it as well and Matt Dillon. Really good cast, but it's so, so, so annoying. What's most disappointing about it, and I'm rewinding my brain to a year ago from what I can remember, um, is that it's from uh, the I think the joint directors of American Splendor, the film that we talked to, we talked about oh, a month or two ago. Um, a really, really, really underrated film, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, this is absolutely terrible. And there's no kind of shining small cameos that steal the scene or anything. Like so there is one. Um, Bob Balaban is in it. Um, he Let's was see. in he was in Moonrise Kingdom last year. He played kind of I don't know like the oh he's Phoebe's dad. 
he from is... From Friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, I don't know, looking at it, he's one of these people who's kind of hung around for ages. Um, in his IMDb, he was in Amos and Andrew, a film that I watched recently from 1993. I think he's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He He's one of these people, and he's great. Yeah. And uh, he is in it as her dad. I'm probably ruining the whole damn thing, but I just told everyone not to see it. And he's a real asshole, but he's hilarious. Um, related to that, and how I was disappointed because the directors of American Splendor had, you know, screwed us over. Uh, Austin Land is another uh, film that's out this week. And uh, Kerry Russell is in it. Kerry Russell, who we know from Felicity, Running Wild, The Americans. And then she was in Waitress as well. Remember that from a few years ago? Yeah, when any time everyone pies. says that, I always think that's the person who got stabbed. But it was the director of Waitress who got stabbed and died, I think, got murdered. Um, There's some horrible the story writer. to do with Waitress. In her bedroom, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so... She, um, she was brilliant in that. And I kind of thought that... I think Nathan Fillion was in it too. And I thought that she could really do some good stuff but uh, she hasn't she keeps kind of not doing nothing but she's in the Americans which is a, a TV show that I don't watch no TV people, some people talk about it I haven't seen it I've never seen any television and uh, oh. what who did Austin um, was anyway Austin Land was Stephanie Meyer no um, the half of the the team who did uh, Napoleon Dynamite oh they were husband good. and wife and now it's only her so maybe she needs him to do anything of note is that really controversial and bad? And sexist, maybe? It is a bit sexist, isn't it? But um, Austin Land is really, really bad. It's about Jane Austen obsessives. And I've read Pride and Prejudice. It's one of the few books I've read. Yeah. And um, I didn't like anything about it. The Pride and Prejudice film, like that BBC one, is great. great. No, the films as well are quite popular. The one yeah. you like, the one with uh, Kira Knightley. I quite like the the one. Yeah, the BBC I've seen the one is kind of the, the standard. Classic. Yeah, and so they make weird references to it. Stiffer's mother is in there. From American oh, Pie, yeah. and she plays this really ridiculous, the worst yeah, I saw the thing trailer I've ever it. seen. <laughs> and it's like she's just like thinks she's in a pantomime, and it's so bad. And I often think, ah, but that's the kind of thing I'd recommend to my mother or my aunt or something. But I couldn't even; they'd hate it too. I but think. again, from this one, it seems like there's good cameo with your man from Flight of the Concords. Yeah, he is quite a good bit in it. He nearly saves it. Um, he takes it from a one to a two star, I would say. Imogene gets one, maybe one and a half, by the way. I didn't get to give it a star rating. Right. Um, yeah, so absolutely rubbish, really annoying, and stay away. It is, it is, it does have the, Stephanie Meyer from uh, Twilight does something with it. I think she produced it. She did the screenplay, maybe, no? Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely, like, kind of rubbish, but, uh, no, she didn't actually. I have it written down here. She didn't even do the screenplay. She produced it. Oh, okay. The Imogene. Uh, wrote it too so she's crap so did you see it actually good now that we're just kind of yeah so everything coming out is kind of crap but well no Prisoners see, I'm excited to see Prisoners I might come see yeah you love it um, so anyway Kelly uh, and Victor came out this month and it's a Wel- Welsh Irish uh, co-production, co-production. Yeah. because it's Welsh, Welsh director and um, but we paid for it so we get yeah. to kind of claim it it'll win an IFTA probably possibly. definitely yeah IFTA uh, so Niall Griffith uh, wrote the book back in about 2006, I think, and Kieran Evans has come along and turned it into the big screen. I was trying to figure out if he's anything to Gareth Evans. Is that the guy who did the raid? Yeah. But I think Welsh. Evans is just Evans the Welsh. Is very... It's the Irish version, of Mc... the Welsh version of McKenna. Would you like probably. me to reach for my computer and find that out? Go for it anyway. It um, while them. Nigel's doing that, we'll have a clip. So um, here is a clip from Kelly and Victor. I know I'd do anything for you. Whenever we talk, or kiss, or fuck, 
something happens. During that break, we, we did a quick bit of a Google. They don't seem to be related. Um, and I also opened a can of Coke. And uh, producer Colin, who has had... We just make a quick mention. Producer Colin's our unsung kind of hero and part of the team. He's had a very exciting week. He's been in San Francisco and rocked a stage for with Arthur's Bobby Day. Womack and with Bobby Womack and Bobby Womack. Yeah. So he, and yet he's still found time to be here with us. And so... Cheers, Colin. This can Thanks, of Coke is, is to you. Yeah, and his music, actually. You're not allowed to talk, though. <laughs> get back get back in your cage. The the music that you heard at the beginning of the show um is brand new and he he did that on the flight from San Francisco back to Dublin. So you know, we have new music every month, but I think this is might be some of my favourite. Anyway. Yeah. So uh Kelly is played by Antonio Campbell Hughes and Victor is played by Julian Morris and the two of them find each other in a club in Liverpool one night, kind of start up an affair with each other. And it's pretty full on, like this is an 18s film, it's definitely 18s. And um, you can tell kind of from the relationship and the power play within it that something has kind of happened to Kelly previously. And you find that out later on through the film, it's nice that it kind of unravels slowly. And um, so it's really just a love story between the two of them. But as I said, it's very full on. I was kind of saying in the review that it's very, it ticks a lot of the boxes for an indie film. There's lots of outdoor scenery, scenes in nature, mumbling off camera, um, shaky camera, but it works really well. Does it you look know. cheap? Is that what you're saying? No, no it looks it fantastic. Looks it looks really, really good. And it kind of deals with it in adult way. Like, you know, it's it's nice to see a film that hasn't been made for teenage boys, you know, like Transformers 5 or something. So it's, it's very kind of transcendental when the two of them get in solidly to each other with the relationship. It gets, it becomes very serious and it kind of progresses and it's quite hard to watch at times. It goes to some dark places, but you kind of come out the better for it. The ending is a tad dubious, but I kind of I was happy enough with it at the end. You kind of think about it and kind of has a bit of a classic indie ending. But I have no problem with something weird and open ended. Yeah, um, it's it's like it reminded me kind of of um, the film we saw years ago, Red Road. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and if anyone saw Tyrannosaur a year or two ago, that'll kind of give you the tone for it. It's very tonally like those films, I think. So it's well yeah. worth a watch. Uh, it might be gone from the cinema now, but I'd say it'll pop up on Volta soon yeah. enough. It seemed to be out for about a week. It's pretty depressing. Yeah, it's a pity because Black Ice was out as well this week, which was pretty decent. I saw that. Um, very, It's solid, um, but I'm pretty sure it'll be gone by the weekend. Yeah. This seems to be a bit of a trend with Irish films that they chuck them out for a week, but the on-demand thing could actually work really well for it. Like, yeah, hopefully it'll get kind of platforms and even stuff like UPC on demand. They've started to take um, films. We're all about like the promos tonight, Coke UPC. Yeah, well, maybe I've gotten some commercial funding <laughs> to just mention lots of things. Like Arthur's Day was great, wasn't it? And I, it was so responsible as well. Really, really responsible. Um, anyway, what else? Is that very it? Very good. Um, yeah, so the, the film, I know this is playing once or twice now, so just get to it uh, if you haven't seen it. Um, Ain't Them Body Saints. So this is one of the best films I've seen uh, all year. I took a huge amount from it. it uh, it's directed by David Lowery, and uh, he's this. Uh, he's making his first feature film. seems like this really kind of quiet but also weirdly eccentric character. He's an amazing moustache and a really freaky bald head. If you want to just Google David Lowery, 
you'll see what I mean. Um, the film stars uh, Rooney Mara and and uh, Casey Affleck, those two jokers. Every time you see them, you're like, oh, guys, stop, stop messing around. Just, you know, get back to acting. Uh, Again, essentially, it's a love story between the two of them. No? Uh, yeah, so you saw this and uh, kind of, sorry, sorry. Get yeah. back to acting. I'm sorry, I thought it had collapsed it's, on. No, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, I know. Is it okay? It's fine. It's fine. All right, so then you were saying anyway, it starts through. Right. Yeah, blah, 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 get back to acting. And so uh, the two of them play, it's set in the 1970s. These guys play a couple that are kind of outlaws, kind of like going for this kind of Bonnie and Clyde kind of feel. We only spend about maybe 12, 10 or 12 minutes with the two of them doing that. And then we see them um, being in this police standoff and the whole thing falls apart. She shoots a policeman. He takes the rap for it, goes to jail. She's left pregnant and... Um, to bring up this daughter and the way it transpires then is that the the sheriff, the police uh, sheriff kind of from the sheriff department who got, after, shot. who got shot ends up kind of taking a liking to her and they kind of become friends and meanwhile he breaks out of prison and he's slowly trying to kind of get back in like it's one of these films that's very much like it's only maybe set 30 years ago and yet it could be set at any point before the 1990s. Like there's no, there's no mobile phones, there's no internet, there's nothing like that. But the exact same story could have taken place in like a hundred years ago in terms of someone trying to get back, unable to communicate because like the law is after you. And um, it's great. What I like most about it is that like it's a really, really old fashioned feeling film as well. Like so shot. It was shot in 35 35 millimeter film. And then the lighting is all these old fashioned lights and stuff. So I went in watching it and I actually thought that the projector was broken because it was so dark. Um, all the lights that were used were all these old um, incandescent bulbs. So nothing, you know, nothing modern. Yeah. Um, so There's a fantastic scene when um, I think Casey Affleck realizes that there might be something going on possibly between. Rooney Mara and the sheriff and he drives away he just gets into his car and speeds away and he's just going into the countryside and it's totally dark all you can see is the light bulbs on his car and then he gets out so all you have is the light bulbs in the car lighting him and then he just kind of disappears into a field it's just it's totally yeah. it's a great way to see it and not you know if it yeah. had been anything else it just would have been flooded with light and looked horrible you know yeah yeah for me it is really good I thought as well it's it's brilliant it's like everyone said it kind of it's reminiscent of early Terrence Malick it's very like Badlands but I would have liked if the two of them had been on screen more because I think that was the case that in Badlands very, you know yeah well that was it that you actually they bought were, into we them. were with them together yeah. for the whole time Whereas well, you said they're on it for a very short period and then yeah. they kind of are trying to find each other again and it's hard. But then it slowly becomes more about her sort of, like he, he kind of kind of hate him a little bit after a while. Like yeah, it's hard to buy into the two of them. And I don't know if I'm buying the the sheriff love interest kind of as much. It That just seems mm. a bit, because it's quite a short film and a lot happens in it quite quickly. So you yeah. don't have too much time to mull it yeah, over. Yeah, it's told over over the years and not everything is kind of shown like that they do. It's a very, it's a very deep kind of film, you know, so anyway, um, so that was it. That was my favourite film from the month. I give it five, you were what? Three, four, probably. Four, very good. Um, very good. I did have a clip of it, but let's, do you want to hit, no. Yeah, let's close the segment. We'll close the, the segment of the, of our actual reviews with this, is the clip of the two of them when they were actually, and this is the thing with the marketing, it didn't really make it obvious that they stopped seeing each other after 10 minutes of the film. Genius. So, so this is a clip with uh, Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck as Ruth and Bob uh, having, a, having a bit of a chat. Where are you going? Home. Well, home's the other way. Not mine. Are oh, you going back to your mom's? 
Well, it's a 15 mile walk. I know how far it is. All right, well then I'll just walk with you. You do whatever you want. What I want to do is take you back to our house. Why'd you tell Freddie you were going to strike out on your own? <laughs> I don't think I said that, but if I did, when I say on my own, I mean you and me. I always mean you and me. <laughs> hey. You gonna leave me? No, I'm not gonna leave you. Nobody's leaving. Because I will leave you first. <laughs> not funny. I'm not gonna leave you. You're not gonna leave me. Because if you do, I just follow you. Okay, so that finishes the first part of our review. So now we're gonna do our. Uh, this is still our standard, yeah. Part still one. technically part one. Clo closer. So um, this is our movie moment of the month. Mine is gonna be from, uh, I suppose, another Irish co-production. I presume uh, it's called a Belfast Story, which is probably gonna be my worst film of the year. Uh, it stars Colin Meaney, and he's really the only actor in the film. Uh, they probably just spent all the money making him be in the film. <laughs> uh, you know the calibre of the film when, if anybody ever watched Give My Head Peace, which was a terrible show on BBC One in the 90s about like a Catholic-Protestant relations. Yeah, Friday night at yeah. 9 o'clock. It was always a sign that you maybe didn't have any friends to be yeah. kind of... Yeah. So the mother and father from that are in this film. So that kind of tells you the calibre. <laughs> There's some guy from Fair City in it that I didn't even know who can't do a Northern Irish accent. and But basically, anyway, the film's terrible. It's a really bad story. It's kind of like an anti-Good Friday agreement, pro-vigilantism, really obvious and stupid. Colin Meaney's even terrible in it, but I blame that on the really bad script. But what's your moment? So the moment is, in the end, I'm going to ruin this for people because I don't expect anyone to go and see it. There's a bit at the end when you find out and there's a GAA match going on in Belfast. And so you have the players playing it. It's kids, kids match playing it. And what comes over the radio is how, because of what has gone on in the film, basically IRA people have been killed and all this vigilantism has gone on. This has somehow related, resulted in about the space of six months in there being a United Ireland. A United Ireland? So uh, you, kind of, counties. you kind of hear that and you're just staring at the cinema screen aghast that they actually just say that. Yeah, it's so juvenile. It's like a six-year-old who has no understanding. It sounds of like a transition year film project where they're like, let's do this film where, where Ireland is, is united with one. Yeah, it tries to make an interesting point in one regard in that, um, you know, people who were involved in violence in the past shouldn't have anything to do with the peace of the future. But it kind of loses that in about 30 seconds and just goes a totally other way. And then this is tacked on at the end. It's terrible. Don't go and see it. Cool. Yeah, so mine, um, much simpler, it's from uh, Kings of Summer, a film that may have come out at the end of August. I'm not sure, but I only got to see it in September. And um, it's actually a positive movie moment rather than yours, which is kind of like a gobsmack moment yep. um, and it just features the three guys in it these are three teenagers who've kind of run away from home all having their own sort of problems with their dads um, Joe, Patrick and Biagio Biagio is this hilarious little I don't know kind of is he Romanian or Italian I'm not really sure um, racist American no it's part of it because he, he he's hilarious he's brilliant and um, anyway it features them putting together this house out in the woods and these are all these kids who maybe were sort of underappreciated and not really getting anywhere, having a horrible time, and then they're finally putting their energy to good use and building this 
fantastic house. It, by the time the house is finished, it looks a little bit too clean and polished. As someone who likes to think he would have a good idea how to build a cool wood cabin, I was like, uh, it's a little bit too well uh, well structured for the woods. But it is America, and uh, it's great. Anyway, Kings of Summer, that was out for about 10 days as well. Um, but you may be able to find it online if you were so So what was the planned. movie moment? When they're building the house. Oh, right. The entire film then. No, no, no. They only build the house and it's kind of like this nice little house building montage. Ah, okay. Well, no, once the house is built, then they just kind of hang out in it and they invite girls around and they play board games, skinny dipping. Steady. And it's cool. Yeah. Oh, hold back. Hold back. Um, anyway, that wraps up part one. Um, here's a bit of do-do-do. This is Houston. Go ahead, Houston. Mission abort. Repeat. Mission abort. Explorer, this is Kowalski confirming visual contact with debris. Debris is from a BSE sat. Repeat. I have a record. Dr. Stone requesting faster transport. We have to go. We have to go, go, go. Kennedy reports meteorological conditions. Go, go. Houston, Explorer, copy. Explorer, Dr. Stone requesting faster transport to Bay Area. Explorer, do you copy? Explorer, permission to retrieve Dr. Stone. Your go, Kowalski. Okay, so that was a clip from Gravity, which we're going to get to see in November. Uh, it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron and stars George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. Um, it's basically set in space. Uh, you could hear from the clip they kind of are fixing a spaceship and get separated. Exactly, they get detached. And uh, from what I've heard, then pretty much the rest of the film is just Sandra Bullock floating around in space. Yeah, but in an amazing way. Like this Watch got phenomenally. Items. Good reviews, didn't it? Yeah. And um, played Venice and, and Toronto, and everyone's like, wow. Yeah. So, as we said earlier, this is going to be our look towards the Oscars. And Toronto just finished when? Two weeks ago? Uh, finished two weeks ago. New York Film Festival started on uh, about three, just on Friday there. So, yeah. we're very much in fall festival fever season. Because of TIFF, to have the People's Choice Award or something like that? Yeah. So the winner of that is usually kind of a good indication of what will be big at the Oscars, even it mightn't win it. Um, what Silver Linings Playbook won it last year, and it kind of featured and, heavily at the Oscars. Yeah, and a couple of years, like the King's Speech has won it in the past, American mm -hmm. Beauty and stuff. So it's a good, usually a good indicator yeah. for uh, stuff. So this year it was 12 Years a Slave, which we've kind of talked about a good bit, and um, it's a new film from Stephen Queen. And it's going to star his kind of go-to actor Michael Fassbender and it's about a man who is accidentally sold into slavery, free man and um, it's getting fantastic reviews. I think it's going to be more along the lines of, I think it's going to have the violence of Django Unchained with the seriousness of um, Lincoln or, or, or Schindler's, Schindler's List or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds very graphic and serious Yeah, but getting fantastic reviews. Yeah, so Shame and Unger both Really, at no point would you be like, "Yeah, I'm loving this film. This is such enjoyable viewing." But you will be affected, yeah, by it and stuff. So this seems like he's kind of ta taking it up a notch in terms of. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't get to see stuff. that to the end of January, though. That's always the annoying thing with Oscar season, and especially with the smaller films, you know, because I think it is just a limited run, and they want to yeah. build up word of mouth before they launch it in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it is improving every year. Um, so one of my picks is uh, Saving Mr. Banks which is about uh, the author of Mary Poppins and how she 
uh, was her kind of meet her life. Uh, P.L. Travers, I don't know what her first name is, and uh, her meetings with Walt Disney and trying to get that film made and how it worked. So Emma Thompson is in it, and then alongside her, you've got uh, Tom Hanks, Colin Farrell, Paul Giamatti, Jason Schwartzman, and pretty cool kind of a that sounds fantastic a cast. Yeah, so this will be set, I guess, early sixties, and because um, Emma Thompson plays Nanny McPhee, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So it'll be good fun. Um, I love, that coming out, sorry? That's out on the 29th of November, which is actually, as far as I know, a week or two before it comes out in the US. So sometimes I guess we can kind of get, the flip side. get it a little bit earlier. But that hasn't played anywhere. That didn't do any festival uh, launches or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So have you got anything else? Of, yeah, other highlights, I suppose. Everyone's going to talk about The Butler, stars Forrest Whitaker and uh, Hope for a Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Lee Daniels, who did Precious and The Paperboy, which was out a couple of months ago. So it's about um, Forrest Whitaker, who's a butler to, I think, seven or eight presidents in the White House over the day, over the course of his life. Um, that insane trailer. Yeah, <laughs> if you kind of watch it, it's just Oscar gold. It's like, here's to, here's how to make an Oscar buzz we, film. Yeah, we have a clip here, and this is him and his wife, played by Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> um, as a sort of a dinner party scene. So you'll get a sense of, of, of things from it. What was the name of that movie, honey? In the Heat of the Night. In the Heat? Of the night with Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is a white man's fantasy of what he wants us to be. What are you talking about? He just won the Academy Award. He's breaking down barriers follow-ups. By being white. By acting white. Sidney Poitier is nothing but a rich Uncle Tom. Look at you. All puffed up. Your hat on your head. Coming in here. Saying whatever you want. You need to go. What? Get the hell out of my house! What are you no, doing? No, no, no. Get on out! Now everybody just I'm out. sorry, Mr. Butler. I didn't mean to make fun of your hero. Everything you are and everything you have is because of that butler. So that sounds fun, doesn't it? Oprah, Oprah Winfrey in there. So as we know, she was, I think, nominated for The Color Purple. Yeah. Um, but didn't win. It's not film. It's one of those table quiz questions of something that won... Um, like uh, 10, 11, 12, or sorry, nominated for 10 or 11 or 12 didn't Oscars, but didn't win any. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she's in there. Um, so loads of films as well. What else? I'll get another one. There's um, actually no release date for the butter yet, which is kind of weird. So For us, so who knows? Yeah. February, March. The Paperboy came out last, uh, came out in December in uh, in America last year, and then it came out over here, what, March? April. Yeah. So probably, Some summer. I think it's with Weinstein Company as well, so they may do Another one of mine that I picked, um, which I'm probably my most anticipated film of the winter, American Hustle, which is David O. Russell's new film. And uh, what he's basically done is he's gotten a jam pot, he's put the good bits from The Fighter and Silver Linings Playbook in there, stirred it up, and he's come out with American Hustle. So we get this on the 20th of December, which is the day after my birthday. Um, and so I'm going to read the cast to you, right? Do you, yeah, okay. Yeah. Christian Bale, yeah. Amy Adams, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro, Jennifer Lawrence, and then Jennifer, Je- sorry, and Jeremy Renner. Oh. That's a pretty cool cast, right? Solid. With good facial hair, because it's all set in the 70s. Uh, the story of a con artist and his partner in crime who were forced to work with a federal agent to turn the tables on other cons, mobsters, and politicians, namely the volatile mayor of impoverished Camden, New Jersey. 
I think it sounds great. Um, Boston for the fighter looked fantastic, and then Philadelphia wasn't it for Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah. So he's really good at just honing in on an American city and making it great. So I think this will be the, the final part of the little trilogy of fantastic. It's, you heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, so then, Inside Lou and Davis is the new film from the Coen Brothers, set in the sixties in American Greenwich Village. Kind of the folk scene now. It's not about Bob Dylan. What people have said, it's more like about Dave Van Rock. Who you would have heard talk on the Fantastic Scorsese directed Div, documentary. Divan Ronk. Ronk, sorry. Ronk. Uh, um, scary looking dude. I wouldn't actually like to mispronounce his name to his face. Mm. So yeah, it's kind of basically about his life and it's in the 60s folk scene. Oscar Isaacs is going to star in it and Kerry Mulligan. And um, I think Justin Timberlake is in it. Yeah, he well. kind of plays like a Pete Seeger, sort of a folky, or Peter, Paul and Mary kind of yeah. type thing. So the Coen Brothers always deliver something anyway it might not always be a masterpiece but there's been an awful lot of buzz about this and um, we're going to get to see it in January again unfortunately yeah played Cannes last May yeah let's bring it to the Irish people in January very frustrating um, what, uh, let me see The Monuments Men 10th of January next year uh, that's the George Clooney and he has he's teamed oh, that's up like with a remake the guy from of Argo. Kelly's Heroes is I, th- it? I think I think so and then he's teamed up with uh, Grant Heslov the two of them worked on Argo they're both writing now Bill Murray, John Goodman, um, Kate Blanchett, pretty cool cast. That's 10th of January. The Wolf of Wall Street, the Martin that Scorsese one, yeah. that's January as well. Uh, McConaughey's in that again, doing a fantastic performance. And exactly. And another one there. Uh, yeah, right, he's players. in he, Dallas Buyers Club. That yeah. comes out in America at the beginning of November, but I have no idea when. Probably, there's. I didn't see a release for it. Yeah, that looks great. On our side of the Maybe pond. he'll actually finally get some Oscar love. Yeah, maybe, after being cruelly overlooked for fool's gold. Um, yeah. So the final one I'll take a look at is Nebraska. And it's not about the Bruce Springsteen album, but Aww. it's um, unfortunately it's the new film from Alexander Payne, who did The Descendants and Sideways. And it stars Bruce Dern and Will Forte. And um, it's basically Bruce Dern gets, uh, I think he wins something like a lotto or something, so he has to go on a road trip with his son, Will Forte. And um, it's black and white. It's black and white, and looks brilliant. Bruce Dern playing the kind of grumpy old man, and Will Forte. You have a lot of love for him, no? Yeah, he used to play. He, I fell in love with him when he played the Tin Man in a Wizard of Oz uh, sketch one time on Saturday Night Live, and I was like, that's very, very, very funny. Um, so he did that. He played MacGruber as well, and then he's in an Irish film that played at Galway uh, two months ago, Run and Jump. Oh yeah, uh, did really well there, and. Uh, yeah, so he's cool. That one, yeah. Nebraska, does look good. Um, yeah, we got to see that in December, so it's not yeah. too bad. Um, I suppose the most recent one that's coming out that's getting a lot of buzz is Captain Phillips, which we'll get to see in about three weeks. Um, it stars Tom Hanks. It's about a Somalian pirate raid on a yeah. ship, and it's directed by Paul Greengrass. Yeah, in IMAX as well. Yeah. So if you're in the but front, not three D. Yeah, I read a tweet. I can't remember where I saw it, but uh, handheld Paul Greengrass in IMAX. Bring a sick bag. Um, <laughs> careful now so uh, yeah so lots kind of to look forward to we've seen there's very few kind of big films that have come out like Blue Jasmine is out today unfortunately I don't mean today it's Monday it was out on I Friday mean, it came out a few days ago and I guess by the time <laughs> you're hearing this we may hopefully well have seen it but uh, we haven't seen it as a recording uh, it's kind of in the conversation Rush the Ron Howard film which I didn't really feel too strongly about yeah. is also there um, All Is Lost that film from the guy who did Margin Call um, another one uh, yeah lots of lots of stuff 
Um, so it'll, be, it. it'll be a good winter. I actually, I feel really positive. I'm very excited about all these things, but it's very easy to get excited about stuff and then when you actually see them, yeah. Like if a year ago we'd we kind of looked at the it's list like of watching films. trailers. You're like, oh, that looks fantastic. Yeah. Well, why did it lie to me? Yeah. So, but I do think it looks good. I mean, looking at the release dates, these things are going to be um, spread out over kind of four months. But we're not. That's a rant for another day. Yeah. Um. Very good. So, um, any other things for our middle section of part two that you'd like to chat about? Oh, there's one kind of as just to wrap it up. Um, the Butler. Where we talked about that, there's another one called August um, Osage. Osage? Osage? Yeah, I don't know. Counting and everything. O-S-A-G-E. Yeah, it kind of has Oscar Gold written all over it. It looks very annoying. It's got Meryl Streep in it, so she'll probably be a shoe. And I'm pretty sure if she acts in a film during the year, they just give her an Oscar nomination. Oh, yeah, no, she already has it. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't in the contract. So, um, Julia She's Roberts. usually brilliant, though. Like, this is the thing. Like she, you, you do have to admire her as an as a. So she's in it, it's and Julia Roberts yeah. is her daughter. Ewan McGregor's in it as well. Chris Cooper's in it, and Dominic, uh, or no, Christopher Benedict Cumberbatch. I always call him Dominic, um, but our spool favorite is in it, uh, Sam Shepard, but uh, he looks about the best thing in it. Yeah, and what's the date on that? Um, but don't know. Seventeenth of January. God, January's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. And um, we get into that horrible thing again where like Oh yeah, three of these films will come out on the same day. I had something. Oh no, like, but like come December, right? So December, you yeah. know, what's the best film of the year? Oh I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So then come December twenty fourteen, is the best film of the year gonna be Twelve Years a Slave? Yeah, The Wolf of Wall Street's also out on seventeenth of January, just so as you know, yeah. clever marketing from the two so two distributors. We'll have to go back to our day. January list to see what came out in January. Yeah. Um anyway, so that wraps up uh part two. Uh we'll be back in a second with some exciting October stuff. Yeah, so that was our little bit of interlude music. Um, we are coming into kind of horror movie season, or uh, I think with October. So it was that time where, do you, do you feel this, maybe this is only me, where you feel the need to watch old horror films oh, coming yeah. up to Halloween? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I haven't gotten a look yet at what, you know, any of the specialist cinemas like the IFI or Lighthouse are planning for the month, but they usually, I presume Fright Fest is at the end of the month in the yeah. IFI and they always have, have some cool stuff. Uh, what, what, I guess the first one that I've picked out is from um, The To-Do List. So it stars Aubrey, this isn't a horror film, by the way, this is a film about... Um, a girl losing her virginity, which could be a horror film, but it really isn't. Uh, Aubrey Plaza uh, is in it, and she's um, known to everyone for being in Parks and Recreation as April Ludgate, but uh, she was also in Safety Not Guaranteed, that film that no one really saw, oh, but which yeah. was actually pretty it's kind cool. Of a sweet film, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she plays this kind of geeky, uh, like perfect honor roll student who. At the end of her final year, just before college, um, in that summer, it decides, right, enough is enough. I need to kind of explore, you know, the world of boys. I've, I've achieved everything academically. I'm kind of sick of this. So she creates this checklist of around 25 or uh, 30 things to do. So it's pretty, it's set in the early 90s. And so it's she has no 25 to 30 things sexually she needs sexually to do. things to do. Yeah, so it's quite funny. Like bits of it. Um, are kind of like you know it's a family show now oh motorboating oh that'll be fine because Uncle Peter has a boat or <laughs> or a pearl necklace oh that's, that, that sounds so elegant I can't wait for that one so it's, it seems kind of it is fun what so, age group is it? 
I, I th- it's either 15s or 18s. Bits of it are incredibly... There's a few freeze frames and you're like, geez, that's crazy. But, yeah. I mean, it isn't violent. So with the way censoring works, yeah. Oh, yeah. With it any, in any way kind of sexually graphic, it automatically gets 18. So I, I actually don't know. Um, but it's a comedy. It's funny, no? Yeah, it's uh, very good. So it's based a little bit around a pool. So it kind of reminds me a bit of The Way Way Back because she gets a job in a swimming pool for the summer. And uh, Bill Hader um, from Saturday Night Live, and he was the cop in Pineapple Express, and he's done a lot of stuff, but he, he kind of left the show uh, recently. Um, the to-do list is 16, so I, I have it written down. Okay. Um, which is pretty funny. And it says, very strong sex references, descriptions, and scenes. Cool. Um, anyway, so it is... It, it's, when are we going to get It's really good. We get that on the 4th of October, so this Friday. Ah, uh, brilliant. And also at that day is uh, a film with our good friend Saoirse Ronan, uh, How, How to Live Now okay. or How I Live Now, yeah. which is adapted from a book, which uh, is really weird, and I got to see it recently, and it has incest in it, and no one's talking about it. And uh, consensual incest. It's a bit weird, and a World War thing. I don't know, it's a pretty... I'd say the novel would be great if you were 15, but the film's kind of mad, but I don't know, I need to think about, about, about it a bit more, see if I actually liked it. Anyway, they're both out this Friday. Um... Yeah, so towards the end of the month, we're going to get Cloudy with a chance of Meatballs 2. Uh, it was kind of, I don't know when the first one came out, it must be four years ago now, maybe? kind of came out of nowhere, just about a, a young kid scientist who makes comes up with a, sh- a machine that can make food so no one's hungry again, but it kind of devolves into a thing where everybody just gets really fat, kind of a commentary on today's society. And um, really funny, Bruce Campbell had a wee cameo in it, and um, Mr. T was in it. So the gang is back again. Um, not it, yeah, it's very good. You know, it's out. The review will be up in a couple of weeks because it's embargoed. But um, go check it out at the end of the month. Controversial. What if you hate it? Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> uh, another quick mention. Um, there's a film that's coming out on the fourth of October as well called The Pervert's Guide to Ideology. Best film title of the year. Yeah, winner right there. Um, a few years back ago, there was we had The Pervert's Guide to Cinema. Um, which I don't think you watched yet. I told you to watch it. No. Um, but it's brilliant. It's really good. It's about a philo- it's a philosopher called uh, Slovak. Slovak, yeah, Slovak. S L O V O J. So Slavoj Zervik. Uh, Zizik, possibly. I'm gonna say Zuzik. Anyway, uh, if you type his name into YouTube, you'll see some clips from the Pervert's Guide to Cinema. <laughs> Typing his name using the letters S L O V O J Z or Z E K. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant, he's really funny, and the good thing about the films uh, that he's done in the past, it'll be shown a clip from the film, so like... So the two films are linked, right? Yeah. I assume there's much from the title. Yeah, so it's, if he was talking about Blue Velvet, there's a scene where he talks about Blue Velvet in the first one, and he happens to be sitting on the couch in the scene where Dennis Hopper comes in and starts beating up the woman in it. It's like they've obviously got permission, and as he's talking about it, he's integrating into the film, so it's done very well, and it's kind of interesting, you know? It's the kind of thing that you'd watch a few times or watch in Nuggets. So that's going to be out on the 4th of October. Cool. Thor is out at the end of the month. Yeah, Thor yeah, 2. Thor 2. Really? What a weird time, isn't it? Not for, you're like, oh, blockbusters are over. Cool. As we mentioned, we can relax now. We can watch more better films. And then it's like, oh, Thor is going to come at us. Did you like the first Thor? Um, no. I actually think it's Good. one of the weakest. Yeah. It and Captain America made me really worried. Like, I love the Avengers. Everybody I it was great. raved about Thor. I didn't see it in yeah. the cinema. I only saw it on DVD after. Yeah. And I was like, this is terrible. It's so hammy. Really bad. 
Yeah. And Captain America, or this was terrible as well. So yeah, I wouldn't hold much hope for Thor. Yeah, I liked Loki in uh, the Avengers a lot, and he's mm. back in this, so he won't be in the other one. But what's his name? Was it Kenneth Branagh? Yeah, it isn't. Good. Yeah, during okay. the next Thor. So. Oh, there is another sequel out this month as well in two weeks' time called uh, Machete Kills, uh, which looks like good fun, same kind of jazz as the first one. So um, yeah. Did we see the first Machete in America? Possibly. Oh, we did. Yeah. Who knows? Canada. We went to see it in Canada before I came home. Yeah. There we go. So that was three three years ago. It's been a while. No, no, no. It's been a while since I kind of felt like the other machete had only Mm. recently been here. Yeah, and Robert Rodriguez has directed it again. So yeah, very good. So um, I you know it is a fairly. I think it's October looks pretty positive. There's loads more films out. Like if you look in May, June, July, there might be like two films out every week. Whereas now we're up to that thing of like lots of smaller things. So there'll always be something to see, hopefully. Um, anyway, we'll come back next month. We may do a thing next month where we talk. We'll be kind of a Halloween theme thing. So I think we'll probably do a bit of a thing on horror films and the state of horror. Um, now, because we've had a pretty mixed year, but uh, that'll be next month. If you'd like to get in touch with us and just tell us what your favourite horror film is or some of your early memories, um, please do that. Contact at spool.ie, or you can use the little form at the bottom. Um, we might give away a mug, we're not sure. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll wrap up with our special little uh, section, Seen It. Um, I'll say goodbye, Pork, you can intro the clip. Yeah, so in honour of a new Woody Allen film coming out, Blue Jasmine, uh, we've decided to take one of his classic clips from Annie Hall. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month. There's an old joke. Um, Two elderly women are at a Catskill Mountain resort, and one of them says, boy, the food at this place is really terrible. The other one says, yeah, I know, and such small portions. Well, that's essentially how I feel about life. Full of loneliness and misery and suffering and unhappiness, and it's all over much too quickly. The, the other important joke for me is one that's uh, usually attributed to Groucho Marx, but I think it appears originally in Freud's wit and its relation to the unconscious. And it goes like this, I'm paraphrasing. Um, I would never want to belong to any club that would have someone like me for a member. That's the key joke of my adult life in terms of my relationships with women. You know, lately the strangest things have been going through my mind because I turned 40. And I guess I'm going through a life crisis or something. I don't know. I, uh, and I'm not worried about aging. I'm not one of those characters, you know. I, although I'm balding slightly on top. That's about the worst you can say about me. I, um, I think I'm going to get better as I get older. You know, I think I'm going to be the, the balding, virile type, you know, as opposed to, say, the um, distinguished gray, for instance, you know. Unless I'm neither of those two. Unless I'm one of those guys with saliva dribbling out of his mouth who wanders into a cafeteria with a shopping bag screaming about socialism. <sighs> Annie and I broke up. And I, I still can't get my mind around that. You know, I, I keep sifting the pieces of the relationship through my mind and, and examining my life and trying to figure out where did the screw-up come, you know? And a year ago, we were in love, you know? And, 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 I just, and it's funny, I'm not, a, I'm not a morose type. I'm not a depressive character. I, I, I uh, you know, I was a reasonably happy kid, I guess. I was brought up in Brooklyn during World War II.